This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome back to the Thought Leaders segment. My name is Ali Mwakaneno Gakweli and I'll be your host for today's show. So I am sitting with Brian Myers, CEO of Equity Brokerage and the Director of EGM Securities. And we want to talk about scams, scams in the Kenyan capital markets specifically. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. So in the the past uh, couple of weeks, we've seen um, press releases from the regulator on and on warning um, Kenyans about unscrupulous in- investors. What do you have to say about this? Do you think we are where we are? We are on the right path towards um, protecting, especially retail investors, against scams. The first step to combating this, and it is a big, big problem, um, is going to be as many of us discussing it as, pro- as possible. So, Kenya Wall Street, you're doing a fantastic job to have this as as a, as a topic that you guys want to discuss. Um, I was on television this morning, I was on radio. We're doing as many things as possible to, to make sure we're discussing these things con- consistently. What are we discussing? So what we're really doing is we're, we're swimming against, um, there's a tide of people across the world that are absolutely engaged in finance, which is such a positive, right? They, right. they love finance, they want to get involved, they're keen to improve their financial futures. Um, whether you're in the States, you're in Africa, you're in Australia, there's many, many more millions of people trading this year and last year than there ever has been before. Why is that? Well, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, during the virus that lost their jobs. They were looking for income online and they went, the fifth most searched term in Kenya at the minute on Google is, how do I make money online? So you've got all of these people coming together to, to, to work that out. And, and obviously trading and investment is, is number one of, 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 of how they seem to do that. But with all these people that are coming to the market, mm-hmm. you have, as you, as you rightly say, unscrupulous players that are coming in and scams and pyramid schemes. And so we have to look at um, why do these things work? Why are there so many people that are unfortunately falling for this and, and the scams and the players? The, the reason being is that now there's, in society, everything is instant gratification, right? If you want to go on a date, you just want to swipe on an app. If you want a taxi, you want one within minutes. Definitely. If you want a delivery, you want it within the same day or, or the next day. So people don't want to listen anymore to the fact that wealth creation and, and understanding finance and financial literacy takes many, many years. Now I've been doing this for 15 years and I learn every single day still, and I will always learn from it. But people don't really want to understand that now. With instant gratification, they want to believe, and you, know, you mentioned that last week there was a, you know, a cautionary statement from the CMA about a company that was offering 400% return in six hours. 400% return in six hours. So when, when, you're, when you're financially literate and you know that these things take time and you're not always after instant gratification, your gut tells you that that's not right. Your gut tells you I mean, that's not 400% is too six much period. Of course, of course, it's ridiculous, right? The only people that get rich in a get-rich-quick get scheme are the people selling it. And you, you know, when you know that and you feel it, you're, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna fall for these sort of things. So how do we combat it? We know now there's so many people that wanna trade finance. Then we know that there's a lot of people that are trying to scam them. So how do we nurture these people so we make sure they continue on their journey, but they don't get picked off by scammers? 
And the way to do that is by improving financial literacy, for sure. So that's what that's why we're here. That's we, you know, our mission at uh, EGM Securities FX Pesa is to educate one million Kenyans within the next three years. The, the reason it's our mission is exactly because of this. With increasing financial literacy rates, mm -hmm. scams are going to decrease, and you're going to find that more people are investing for their financial futures. And in which case, you better society generally, not just not just the financial part of society, society generally. So. We are relentless at the minute, and you know, to anyone listening, to my you know, my competitors, my peers, my colleagues, I hope everyone picks up the calls that we used to all be relentless in this mission. Um, we do these podcasts, we're doing seminars, webinars, as I said, television, radio. Um, we've got workshops all around the country. You know, we've, in in, um, in a week's time, we're opening in Eldoret, which is going to be our fifth office in Kenya. Uh -huh. We're in Nakuru, Nairobi, Thika, Ketengela. Why are we doing these things? We're doing these things because we want to give people the opportunity to come into our office, to, to meet us, to understand what we're trying to do, to learn, educate, educate, educate. And over time, we're going to see a, a huge, huge difference in Kenya. I'm happy you talked about financial literacy because I've personally have been following up um, your campus education program online and uh, financial literacy takes, takes time. Yeah. And as we keep on educating investors on um, sound ways to get better returns and sound ways to make investment decisions, of course, there are other things that we can do in between. Um, apart from financial literacy, what other ways do you think companies and the regulator can protect investors? Um, apart from financial literacy, so you, you mentioned corporations and the regulator, but one of the things for me personally is that we should be speaking to people even earlier in their lives, mm. right? So I think all across the world, pupils are being let down. You've you mentioned university, but what about in, even in junior school, or secondary school, high school, right? Um, people are learning. I, I did economics, and then after economics, I, I did a business. I, I got a BA degree. I've done multiple professional qualifications. I could easily forget 95% of that stuff and it will never impact me for the rest of my life. Right. But I was never taught very simple things that would have protected me in later life. So what, what do I mean by that? I mean things like, how would I calculate mortgage repayments or loan repayments, right? Do I understand what diversification of risk means? Um, do I understand how you can benefit from compound interest or how it's a negative thing compound interest if, if, you're, if you're paying it the wrong way? These things, aren't taught from a young age but you, you know but you'll understand what Pythagoras's theorem is but you know most of us are never going to use it ever again so you say to yourself okay let's start up the education early on and then once we then if people are educated and, and we can take care of them that way then you will always have to have other parameters to help people as well and that's where the regulator can come in right the, the regulator um, and and corporations there's a wave now um, a big fintech wave that's coming through um, Africa and it's, you know, it's coming through the world. And corporations themselves, they can embed things into mobile apps. They can embed things into their culture that also protect people. So, you know, it's very, very simple now for people to educate through mobile apps, educate through websites. It's very easy for any loan repayment company to very simply label how much you're going to end up repaying. It shouldn't just be you know, a mathematical genius to work these things out. And by doing this, you're warning people about the pitfalls of some of this stuff. Right. And then the regulator as well, you know, the, the, the regulator, by doing these cautionary statements that they're, they're doing recently, 
um, and making people discuss this, it's a good thing. Okay, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're only scratching the surface. I think there's a lot more that we could all do. I think we all do need to step up right. and, and educate the market even more. But until the regulator formally does it, because this, this is the thing, okay? If, if I'm communicating this, at some point, the message kind of comes across, okay, Brian's from Equity, he wants all of our business, that's why he's saying these certain things. You need impartial people like Kenya Wall Street, like the CMA, to say, then come forward and say, look, this is wrong, guys. You shouldn't be trading with unregulated brokers. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, when you trade with a regulated broker, you have things like client money protection. So when you send me your money to trade, there are rules, you know, legality that means I can't use your money to pay my stuff. I can't use your money to keep the lights on or do whatever I need. I can't use your money for the operations. When you send your money to unregulated brokers, there are no rules protecting them. So they can use your money immediately to pay commissions, to pay staff, whatever they need to do. And if they had a bad month or two bad months or three bad months, they can just shut the door to that company, walk away, and then you'll never see your money ever again. Whereas with a regulated broker, your money is segregated. And no matter what happens with a regulated broker, your money is protected in the bank and will always find its way back to you. This is the sort of stuff that's not being discussed enough. I think when Kenyans are deciding whether to go to a regulated or unregulated broker, people aren't communicating what the differences are. And the biggest threat for me that I see there is in Kenya six years ago, I heard that there was a lot of issues with FX brokerages that were coming into Kenya. People were sending them their money. They could never withdraw. And then they just left. And it really impacted the industry. It impacted the brokerages, it impacted everyone. People just weren't thinking about trading for a few years. Now, what I'm hearing, I'm really fighting for, that that doesn't happen again. That from now on, you know, people will say, trade with a regulated broker, they're not going to get their money taken by binary option companies or by people promising 400% returns in six hours, crypto funds that aren't regulated. If, you know, because the net result is if they do, if they do get burnt by these people, they probably think to themselves, I'm never going to trade again. It impacts the whole impacts category. Everyone, all of us, all of us in the space that's trying to legitimize this, this, this industry and make it a safe environment for anyone to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. It impacts all of us. And the net result is bad for the industry and it's bad for the underlying client as well. Because the client thinks, okay, I thought I was going to make all my money on a Dogecoin trade with some fund in, in Vanuatu. It didn't work out. That's, I'm going to get scammed if I keep doing this. And they give up on their financial journey. And that's, that is the worst thing. That when I hear that, that's what I hate to hear. The fact that you came on board, unfortunately you did the wrong thing to start with and then you just gave up. Because you've got to stick at it if you want this to be, uh, if you want this to make an impact in your life. Let's bring the conversation in-house. Yeah. What is Equity Brokerage and FX Pesa I'm doing for some of its clients already? What are some of the mechanisms that you have inside, inside your organization that make sure that your clients understand investing? and are aware that, you know what, we do have scammers out there, yes, yeah. but then we also have organizations that are doing the right thing to yeah. and making sure that your money is handled ethically. Yeah. So let me, let me just break down parts of what you just said then. So um, Equity Brokerage is, uh, is an entity that's, that we've just um, constructed that allows people to come and trade uh, crypto CFDs. It allows people to, to, to do um, various different things like um, money management, copy trading, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, under our Seychelles license, the FSA license. Um, 
that, that's equity brokerage. EGM and FXPressa, they're regulated by the CMA. The CMA doesn't allow um, crypto uh, trading as, as it stands now. Maybe that, hopefully that will change in the future. Um, so we offer everything to anyone um, under the relevant regulation. And that, that's really important because we make sure that everyone understands if you come to this entity, you can do this, these, and your, these are your protections. Mm -hmm. If you come to this entity, you can do this, and these are your protections there. So, it's, so it's, it's, it's important that your listeners understand the difference between equity brokerage and, and EGM securities. Um, we take it extremely seriously in all, you know, we're, we're regulated across the globe. So we're in, by the FCA in the UK, we're, we're in the US, we're all over the Middle East, we're in New Zealand, we're in Armenia, we're all over the world. And wherever we are, we spend all of our time on social media, emails, SMS, communicating with our clients so that they understand exactly how they're protected, exactly the best kind of education, um, the best kind of content. What, what I've seen um, recently is that a lot of people are coming into the space and it's part of financial literacy, but they trust people that I look at and I think, I don't, I can't quite understand why you're trusting this 16 year old kid talking about Bitcoin laying over a Ferrari that he's, that he's hired for the hour, right? And again, it's to the instant gratification thing, but what I would like people to do is do their research of who they trust. You know, to your point, you know, like, Make sure the content that you're getting is at least by someone that actually knows what they're talking about, right? And not just uh, the next influencer screaming to the moon about something. And in that way, you know, go on the forums, listen to the forums, listen to it, but have it as just part of your uh, education. Mm -hmm. Learn elsewhere, attend seminars, listen to more podcasts, read some books, listen to some American people as well as British people, as well as Kenyan people. Just round your education. And like, like we're saying, that takes time, right? Um, you know, step away from working so hard to get this money that you've saved, to spend less than you've earned, and then to step forward and make that, that transactions to someone that's in some faraway land that's been screaming on a Reddit forum that they're gonna, you know, this, this, this Bitcoin or derivative that you don't even understand is gonna go to the moon. I just can't get my head around that, you know, because What's the net result? The net result of that is, if you win, you're gonna be upset that you didn't put more money in. And you're gonna keep on scaling up, scaling up until you lose all your money. If you lose, you can say, I had no idea what that was about. I didn't even know what I was investing in. I'm never gonna trade again. Either way you lose. Either way you lose. It's lose-lose on both sides. And that's what I'm seeing. We, we had this um, stat that, um, that we looked at a lot of, a lot of traders. 53% of people that come into trading last year, um, they never traded again after the first year. Like 53%. That's a very huge tunnel though. And I bet you it's going, it's increasing as well. With the prevalence of, of how people are trading now, I reckon that that'll probably be more this year. But 80% of people that trade longer than four years claim to be consistently profitable. So it shows you that the gap is the education piece. If you come on board in your first year and you don't know what you're doing and you're following people that don't know what they're doing as well, you're more likely to fall off and never trade again. If you learn from your own mistakes and you consistently round your education and keep trading, you're going to be profitable after three, four, five years. And then once you're on, you know, seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years, you're bringing this skill set with you mm -hmm. through your life. You know, if, if you're your age and you can start this stuff now, the skills you can learn and bring that into your later life, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, it's, that's how you improve financial literacy and financial freedom. 70% of Kenyans um, enter retirement with less than one million shillings, right? 
there's only my opinion, my humble opinion, you're not going to work your way out of that. Right? People aren't going to work and earn more money, substantially more money to save for retirement than they spend. The more money you earn, the more money you spend. Everyone knows that. So what do you do? You have to invest. It's not an option, it's a necessity. You've got to learn young, you've got to understand what you're doing, you've got to keep at it, you've got to invest for your future, and then the cliche, like when you plant a tree, you watch it grow, and then all of a sudden it comes into a big powerful oak later in your life. It's a cliche, but it's true. Um, and that's, unfortunately, what I just said to you then, can't be captured in a, in a, you know, in a funny meme. Right, I can't capture the fact that you know it's not a funny meme that you need to be educated and learn and grow and grow. Unfortunately, now a lot of people they they want to get their investment advice off of a, a funny meme or you know or, or GIF, and they're they're giving their hard-earned money because of that. So that that would, I think that would change. I think we're in a moment with that. I like to think that after um, coronavirus and the world goes back to normal, my hope is that there's enough people that will continue to stay in finance, and even when there's corrections. They'll be with they'll be in finance for the long term and i think that's going to be the case i think we've, we've really the world's changed when it comes to finance now forever um lastly as, as we're out of the podcast of course um something that's really really been emphasized in this podcast is is education financial literacy just let's let's bring the limelight to you what are some of the books that you're currently reading that are educating more on this journey yeah um i've read i would say ten thousand hours of financial literacy um and literature sorry um and of that i would say there's 1000 hours that was very very good and i would say there's probably one hour of absolute necessity that everyone should be taught it in school and that one hour is what i took on the virtually on the road when i when i spoke to you know strathmore and university of nairobi and we've, we've we've spoken to thousands and thousands of people i think we've spoken to about 150,000 kenyans now in the last three years um, and that's and, and in that the, the the majority of that has been taken from people that I've always looked up to for the last fifteen years, people like Warren Buffett, um, people that uh, Naval Ravikant. Um, I'm reading his book at the minute. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I've read I read all of the literature around Berkshire Hathaway and the way that uh, Warren Buffett conducts himself. Mm-hmm. Rich Dad Poor Dad is obviously the usual one as well, which is very good about mindset. Um, so I've read a lot of books. There's, there's, a, there's a fantastic book by Tony Robbins called Unshakable, which I would always recommend to people to read that, particularly in, in falling markets. It, it really does give you the power to realize you're in this for the long term, not to make any short-term decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Warren Buffett always says, the stock market is a device for moving money from the impatient to the patient, right? And that's so true. You know, the, the, over the years, the best investment decisions I've ever made has been when people have been running away from the markets. You know, like last March was the most active I've ever been in the markets was when the markets were collapsing last March and, and you've seen the, the uplift from it now. So I think books are fantastic. I understand the, the, the new generations um, prefer kind of more bite-sized information. So, yeah. so you know, I would, I would be, I'm, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Brian underscore equity. Um, I'm always kind of pumping out some relevant content. I'm always um, talking about you know, the, the people that are talking the most sense, in my opinion, at the minute and linking through to their Twitter pages, etc. as well. Um, people can listen to podcasts like Ray Dalio's podcast and you know, some of the big hedge funds. Um, so the good news, the, the information is out there, right? Kenyans spend between seven and eight hours a day on average on their mobile phones. 
if you spend just a couple of out of those hours or one of those hours per day not looking at procrastination of scrolling through whatever Instagram and go and find some of this literature, um, you can find it exceptionally easy. And obviously at Equity, we're, we're always um, putting this literature out as well. Um, so it's very easy to find. And it's saying, you know, it's, it's not the, the Naval, the guy that, that I mentioned before, you know, he, he said recently, it's, it's not the, there's, there's an abundance of education, but there's a lack of willingness to learn. And that's, that's basically where we are at the minute. If you want to go and find education, it's the click of a finger. But how many people right now are willing to go and find it to learn and sit there and think about it? They're the ones that are going to be successful. They're the ones that are going to stick with uh, finance for a long, long time. So, so yeah, it's, it's out there. Follow me on Twitter and, and I'll always point you in the right direction. All right. I think this is all I had for today, Brian. Uh, thank you so much for joining um, this podcast. To our listeners, again, financial literacy guys, please take your time to read, understand, and before you make any, any investment decision. Uh, thank you for joining us today. See you next time.